You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. The older, wiser, maturer that I've become, I'm realizing one thing that is actually so potent that I can no longer ignore it. When I looked up people who we all considered unanimously the greats, the Kobe's, the Steph Curry's, the Oprah's, the Beyonce's, the E or the above's, I noticed that there is a commonality. And the common denominator seems to be that they were willing to push through barriers that were placed before them. They were able to overcome hurdles that were set before them. And the fruit of that is that they were able to break records and forge lanes that were not available prior to them doing so. Like there were no black talk show hosts. Oprah was, the stacks were against her. They were telling her her features were wrong. Her physicality wasn't right for TV. Her, I mean, she was not in a time frame, time zone, any of it that would have allowed a black woman to be as successful as she has become. Steph Curry, as I said, with our last conversation, he didn't, he also (laughs) did not have the physicality to go ahead and be this groundbreaking, record-breaking historian of a point guard, right? And so when you look up the fruit and the results, I think sometimes we override what someone had to go through. Like, the thing, and I was saying this, and when I said it in a conversation, I was like, oh my gosh, that that is just like, it reigns to be so true. I no longer fault someone for identifying the issues in their lives or what most would consider to be excuses. But the thing that I found out about the excuses or the identified hurdle is that if someone were to stop at that particular hurdle, everybody would understand. It would have been understandable if Steph Curry was in corporate America somewhere, if he started his own business and he told the tale of his father was a great NBA star. He wanted to follow his father's footsteps. He tried to get scouted in high school to go to a D1 college. That didn't work out. He didn't get the growth spurt that he was depending on. He was short, so that didn't help. He He wasn't the strongest, so his weight was an issue. And then he had these ankle injuries and all these other things. And you know what? He tried, but it just wasn't in the cards everyone who would have heard that story would have been like ah yeah that's crazy yeah because like you need your ankle (laughs) you know what I'm saying for basketball like I get it if Oprah would have said listen came from this background didn't have a great relationship with her mother grandmother raised her they were super poor and she had all the other issues where she was taken advantage of in a sexual matter and had a baby and then the baby didn't like if she would have told the average person all the things that was set up all the things that was stacked up against her it would have been like oh I understand and then she would have had to go in the front and continue to do whatever that particular job was the thing about excuses is it does not ever cross the average person's mind to be like, well, why didn't you push through that ankle surgery? Like, so like, why didn't you? It's always fashioned in a way that 
everyone would understand. That's why a lot of people rest in the excuse. That's why a lot of people yield to the hurdle because the average person wouldn't have jumped it. So when you have those people that their mindset is not set on the hurdle, that their dream is not capped at how you see it, that whatever it is that's in their heart is not going to stop growing because you won't water it. We look at those people as, wow, you're inspirational. And I really wanted to dissect what does it take for the average person to get let more than average results. Like they're not eating anything different that other people may not have access to. It's not like they're flying in ostrich filet mignon. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's not like they live on Saturn and only the people on Saturn get to be the successful, that they do these particular things that you know the average person doesn't have. Like, yo, you may not have... I remember watching someone who ran track and he didn't have it where he had a coach and he had whatever. As a matter of fact, when he started his track and field career, he was running barefoot. And so it's not that he didn't have access to run. He may not have access to shoes. He may not have access to that particular smooth setting so he can run on something that didn't hurt while he was running. But the reality is, You have the same access, even if you don't have the same accessories. So the people who chose not to be normal, the people who chose not to sit in that particular contentment, the people who chose not to decorate their pit because they had the palace in their heart, those are the people that overcome and we look at it like, wow, how did you do it? Because there was something innately in them that was like, we are not resting here because I am not comfortable here. I see the excuse, but I can't couple with the excuse. I have to see this through. It's either plan A or nothing. That is what separates the greats from the almost greats. That's what separates the extraordinaries from the ordinaries. And one of the things that, if I could put a theme to it, that I truly see is stamped on everyone who has always been great is the following statement. Do it your way. Do it your way under legal and moral obligation, but do it your way because everyone that I have seen do something in a way that resulted in yielded fruit of excellence looks like they simply went against the grain and going against the grain is truly you are stepping outside of the crowd to say, ah, I know y'all usually do it this way, but I want to do it that way. I thought actually going against the grain was a New York term until I actually looked it up. And I was like, oh, the people be knowing. So real quick, the Oxford American Dictionary and the bishop over there, when I looked up against the grain, the definition says, contrary to the natural inclination or feeling of someone or something. And then Merriam-Webster, she defined it as different from what is normal or usual, it takes courage to go against the grain and stand up for what you believe in. So I said, you know what? I would love to go ahead and find a practical example, because you know how I am, 
I want to find an example of someone who illustrated this in a way that's like, bruh, you have, if going against the grain and doing it your way was a, a person, you would have this first social security number in it. So when I think of it, I want to think about David. Yep, David and Goliath. I want to jump right into it. You know, I read from the NLT version, right? Okay, 1 Samuel 17. I want to start at verse 32. So we already know backdrop that is all these things going on with Goliath. Got Goliath is coming out and he's tormenting people and he's saying all the things and he's being super disrespectful and he's defying God. And David's going down to do his Uber Eats situation. And he's like, yo, why Saul's army is not putting hands on buddy? And they're like, yo, super scared. I ain't going to hold you. And so David's like, all right. So verse 32, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. 33. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you could fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since youth. 34. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, 35, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. 36. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. 37. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented or consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor and a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. 39. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. 40. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. 41. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him. 42. Sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. 43. Am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. 44. Come over here. And I'll give you a flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. 45. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 46. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 47. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. 
48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, 49. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell down on the ground, 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword, 51. Then David ran over and pulled out Goliath's sword, and from his sheath, David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Let me explain something to you. There is nothing more rewarding than winning in a way that feels instinctually right to you. There is nothing more rewarding than knowing that everybody said you couldn't do it but one way, but you went ahead and said, nope, if God rescued me this way before, then I know he'll go ahead and lead me through it this way. There is nothing more rewarding than knowing that I can win my way and I don't have to look like y'all to get a God result. There is nothing more rewarding to know that you can literally walk out with your faith and five smooth stones and know that God, I'm going out here. <laughs> I'm going out here with the belief and faith in you. I'm not even worried about you embarrassing me. I just know that if you don't do it, it's not going to get done because I'm not going to do it their way. Because if I do it their way, then they get to say, that they forged this particular win. I don't want anybody being able to put their thumbprint on something at the end, at the end of them doubting me, at the end of them kind of looking at me with the squinted eyes like, I don't know if she's if she's ready. I don't know if mm -mm. you don't get to doubt this relationship the whole entire time. And now you want to be in a bridal party. Hmm? You don't get to go ahead and look at my finances to kind of look at me crazy, but then feel some kind of way when I don't invite you to the housewarming. You don't get to go ahead and look at the fact that I'm this old or what have you. And so you didn't really think it was in the cards for me to have a baby, but now you want to be the godmother. You want to be at the baby shower. You want to be real loud at the end when it mattered most, you were looking at me with the same doubt like everybody else. And so I praise God for the people that looks at other people like, you know what? I'm glad that you didn't see it working out your way. I'm glad that it didn't work out your way because now when you see this win, you can't say that you had any part of it because God did it because I did it God's way. Whenever you follow your instincts, you are literally telling God, I'd rather be authentic to the way you wired me than to go ahead and put on somebody else's something and fail that way. If I'm going to win, lose, or draw, I want it to be authentic to the way that you wired me. But I dare not put on anybody else's anything and walk out here and get a result, nay or yay. Because both ways, you go ahead and do it some way that somebody else says, now you probably low-key created a codependency because if you won that time, that way, with their advice, then you'll start to look at them like the guru of the coordinates to your promised land. Now, if you go out there and it didn't work, <laughs> now you're looking at that person like you, you have some form of regret, some anger, some emotional anguish, because in your heart of hearts, you knew that didn't feel right. So either way, win or lose, it never turns out in your favor if you go ahead and get your win fashioned by somebody else's fingerprints. You are uniquely designed to do something unique in a way that looks like it is against the grain. And I know that everybody is looking like, what? 
You can't go out there and do A, B, and C. You can't go out there and start being a real estate agent. You can't go out there because they're looking at how the average person usually wins in that category. They're looking at how that what the average person usually has, the finances, the accolades, the education, the experience, the years of experience, the clientele that took them years to build. And they're looking at your couple of minutes to everybody else's couple of years. And they're like, you couldn't possibly yield that kind of result without that type of time put in. But what people need to understand is that God doesn't work by time. My husband taught me a very valuable lesson because I'm a person that likes to set time frames, not necessarily for God, but just to make sure that I am doing what I said that I would do. If I said in a year I'm going to do A, B, and C, then I want to make sure that I'm doing the little steps in between to make sure that in a year I get A, B, and C. And so sometimes that forges over that when I'm believing in God, I put time frames on stuff like, oh, within this time I'm going to get, within this time I'm going to get. And my husband reminded me, he said, "Um, I want you to know that that's beautiful, but God doesn't work in time notice every time frame that you put in he's done it earlier and I was like oh my gosh that's absolutely true like something about that is like oh snap so now that I'm seeing that God can operate he'll operate inside of your authenticness but he's not going to operate in constraints of what somebody else told you to do or what somebody else wants you to do because what somebody else may have it took them 20 years to build God can do that in two months what it took them just think about Goliath, but buddy, you have been in war since youth. So why is it that the person who you succumb to have five stones? You they didn't teach you stone repellent in a army camp, Goliath. They didn't teach you the, the classic Bob and weave. They didn't teach you that. They didn't teach you how to fight people that's smaller than you. Cause you nine foot. They didn't teach you. So look at the fact that Goliath succumbed to someone who didn't have the years of experience. How we read that? We read that as like, oh, but that's a once in a lifetime. No, because it doesn't take everybody the same amount of time to get what God has for them. God is not waiting for a time frame. He's waiting for your character to catch up. Because the worst thing in the world is to get a blessing that is premature for your character because it would then become a burden. God giving you a wife, sir, before you are ready to be a husband, you now have the burden of trying to carry somebody's heart and you can't do it because you you are not there. And so now you break something that God meant for you to protect. And now for the rest of her life, she got to carry that and go ahead and get the healing and things to mend that so that when she goes ahead and goes through the blessing that is ready for her, that she doesn't have to hear the echo cry of what you did to her heart years ago. You want to go ahead and try to be in management before your character can sustain that. You will hurt someone (laughs) who was possibly meant to help you and assist you in ways that you don't think about Saul and David. When God took his blessing off of Saul, they sent David to go ahead and play the harp and soothe him and do all the things. David was initially in Saul's presence prior to all, like in his presence to soothe him. But when he started looking at David as competition, 
when he started looking at David as this young boy coming in here thinking he going to take over my kingdom and do A, B, and C, he started to try to kill and assassinate the very thing that God sent to assist him. When character does not align to what God has, when character does not align to your assignment, when character does not align to the greatness and the promise that God has, it is the burden that hurts everyone, including yourself. I love the fact that Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17, is the clear depiction on this is what happens when you go against the grain. Look how much David had to actually go. He had to literally override. You got Saul telling you outright, don't be ridiculous. There's no possible way you can win. Sir, if this is not the, listen, if you're not good with words, I don't expect you to be no motivational speaker, coach kind of person. But if you have nothing nice to say, sir, did you watch Bambi? <laughs> because uh, you giving me all the negativity, all the negative energy, all the negative vibes right before I was, I'm about to do something that I've never done before. The worst thing in the world is get advice from someone and you already in your emotions, you're already excited about it and they deflate your particular air bubble of potential with what their realistic view is I don't need you telling me at this particular point you don't think the relationship's gonna work I'm already engaged I don't need you telling me I don't think that's the company for you when I'm already in management I already put these years in I don't need you telling me that you know the housing market looks some type of way and I'm already under contract I don't need you coming with your negativity last minute eighth ninth inning of the game to tell me something and I'm already on the brink of winning the championship if I follow what I feel if I follow my instincts if I follow the thing that God instinctually put in me I could get this win but here you come being a fake coach and you're trying to deter me for the one thing that I don't have yet for the one thing that I believe in God for so if I believe that I can go ahead and do this I don't care if I've never done this before I'm putting my faith in God that I'll be able to do it this time this time and if you don't have anything to add to this, if you don't have anything that's going to affirm this, then I need you to sit on the sidelines with everybody else who does not know me. The worst thing in the world is to have the most negative speeches, the negative additions to your ear and to your soul being added to you by a person who knows you. I'd much rather it be somebody who didn't know me. I'm sure David was looking like, yo, out of all people, my brother has something to say a couple of verses ahead. His brother was like, what are you here for? Bro, I would have much rather heard that from somebody who didn't know me and not my brother. I would have much rather somebody else tell me there's no possible way I can do this outside of Saul. Sir, I know you. <laughs> like, I'm out here sending, my father's sending me out to do the Uber Eats David Dash edition for y'all. I'm coming down here to feed y'all. I'm literally coming down here to feed y'all. And what you're giving me in advance is not feeding me. I'd much rather hear doubt from people that I don't know. I'd much rather hear doubt from people who have not seen me in certain seasons. I'd much rather hear the negativity come from somebody who's a naysayer. It don't mean nothing to me when it's posted on social media, but it, it hurts me when it's a tech message from the person that's close to me. It hits difference from someone who knew what I had to overcome to get here. So the fact that David even had to explain himself in that moment he had to explain what God did with him with the claws of the lion and the bear and all of that. It's almost like why he got to convince you and you not even convinced to be courageous enough to go out here and fight Goliath yourself. Sir, aren't you over the army, Saul? Huh? 
Like, how dare you tell me what I couldn't possibly do? Are you, in fact, projecting what you feel about yourself? Is that why y'all sit over here for 40 days letting Goliath go off at the mouth and say what he want to say while you and the army, y'all shaking in y'all boots, literally? And so that when I come out here off the one and I'm like, who he talking to? You like, oh, there's no possible way. Excuse me, sir. Don't project your trailer on my movie. I could win. If you feel like you can't, you go over there and you stay small. But I'm going to go over here and I'm going to beat a big giant and with a big God. You understand? That's how we should be looking at stuff. I'm going against everything that looks, looks like it's regular. I get it. But if I believe it. Why would you want to even be in the vicinity of disbelief if I believe it? If nothing at all, I'd rather you just get the spirit of the shut up. I'd rather you get the spirit of the shut up and watch me walk out and whisper to yourself, I, honestly, I didn't think you was going to do it. I had somebody actually do that. I had someone actually say after various wins in a certain area, say to me, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you turned out way better than what I thought. And it wasn't a stranger. It was someone who used to change my diaper. I don't think that at that moment the person meant it in a way that would have been downhearted for me. But the reality is, is that you were changing my diaper. You were watching me grow teeth. You were watching me lose them. You were watching me learn certain things. You were watching me learn how to crawl, go from walking, go from all these different milestones. And in the back of your mind, you were like, I don't think she's going to make it. Can I say something to you? Even though that is probably the most disrespectful, emotional thing you could ever tell anyone. The one thing that I can pull from that now is I'm glad that that person didn't tell me that in the midst of me overcoming certain trials. I'm glad that you told me that on the other side of me gaining something because I, I, I remember the souls in my life. I remember the souls that was like, ah, you going to ask for a promotion? Cause I don't really think they're going to do it. Uh, you going to go ahead and apply for that. I don't really think that they going to lie. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you going to move to even down to me moving to Georgia. Oh, you'll be back because you know such and such, she moved down there and then she came back up and she lived with her mother now. Mm-hmm. And she, like, do you understand that I was being told that while I was packing my U-Haul? It hits different when you already got to have a certain standard of, I got to have courage enough to get out this boat. The last thing I need is for you to be whispering your final floaty of failure in my ear before I walk on water. That's the last thing I need. And if I can give a remedy to that, it looks like going against the grain forever in every circumstance. Y'all want David to be over here scared with you. He went against the grain and was like, I'm going to do it with God. Y'all want Peter to be in this boat scared with you. He went against the grain and was like, nah, I'm going to go over here and do it this way. Y'all wanted these nurses to go ahead and any Hebrew boy that was born, throw them in the now. Nah, I'm going to go against the grain because something was instinctual. Something was just, it was innate. It was like, I know that they say that it only works this way. I know that they say you should only operate in this particular matter. I know that they say that businesses usually don't find a 
profit until this amount of years. I know that they say second marriages usually have this particular rate. I know that they say teenage years are the worst years. So that's when you kind of don't like your kids. I know that they say that if you don't particularly have this particular amount of money and you don't you didn't go ahead and invest early, that you're not going to retire with dignity. I know that they say that, you know, black people, Hispanic people, the minority, they usually don't win because there's no space for you. They have laws against certain things. I mean, on the freaking application, the extra question is, are you Hispanic or not? Like, I know that it looks like the stacks are against you, but if I can just go ahead and give a word and say, if you go against the grain with a big God, I promise you'll get the result. How can I say that with so much vigor? How can I say that with so much tenacity? Because I've seen it. Because I believe it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in a celebrity's life. But most of all, I've seen it in the Bible. And when we look at David, he is the depiction of what happens when you go against the grain. What happens? That you went ahead and said, I'll put my God before your doubt any day. I know what God did before. <laughs> I know what God did with me with the lions and the tigers and the bears and all mine. I know what he did. I know what he did. So if it looks like I'm going against the grain, what it actually is, is I'm going against you to make sure that I'm going with God. That hits different. That kind of wind feels different. That kind of accolade is like, whoo, there is something about that that people will never be able to understand. Because when you lay your head down at night, when you go ahead and speak to your God in a private place, when you go ahead and look over your life and see if you have been as satisfied as when God showed in Genesis, he looked and said, mm, and it was good. And that's what you should be feeling when you observe and evaluate your life at certain points. When you do that, the one thing that you need to know is that you did it the way that you felt led to do it. That you did it the way that you felt led to do it. And oftentimes it looks like you went against the crowd. You went against the grain. You went against the norm. And I don't care what anybody says about that. If you can just shut the mouths of the people who have something to say but nothing to add, I promise, God promises, the Bible displays that the fruit of it is just it's forever. You'll forever to be able to say, I conquered that. You'll forever be able to say, I did that. God used me in a miraculous way. I was able to walk and I, you know what? And I was scared and there was some emotions attached to it, but I didn't yield to it because I felt strongly led to go ahead and do a thing. And I did a thing and I gained a thing. Isn't that the epitome of what we all want anyway? Isn't that the epitome of understanding I cannot do this, this marriage, my marriage, according to what you did or did not do in yours. That is opposite of what God wants for me. I don't feel led to do it that way. I don't feel led to raise my kids the way that you raised me. I, don't, I know you raised 9 million, but you never raised this one. This is a different genetics. This is a di different generation. This is a different time frame, time zone, E, all the above. So for me to apply 1960 anything to the two 2000 anythings is me already starting off in arrears. Yeah, I'm that can't work that way. And the fact that it is so clear 
that a true win happens when you go against the grain, it should prompt you to look at every area of your life that you have a silent or loud struggle in and say, am I struggling in this area because I'm going according to this thing, the way that my father said, the way that my mother said, the way that my best friend said, the way that the person who has results has said, I'm trying to follow the footprints of somebody else not realizing I have a different size shoe. Am I trying to get to my promised land with somebody else's coordinates? Am I trying to purchase things with my bank account with somebody else's number? Am I trying to literally, are you trying to put something over you that actually is not working for you? I love the fact that literally it says in verse 38, still first Samuel 17, then Saul gave David his armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these. He protested to Saul, I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put it into his shepherd's bag. Then armed with only his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to the Philistines. Are you bold enough to, because I don't want to hurt their feelings to let them know I can't wear that. I can't wear that mindset. I can't wear that way of thinking. I can't wear the way that you see that. I can't wear that particular way of viewing things. I can't wear that perspective. I can't wear that lens. I cannot wear that for what God has taken me because if I wear that, I might fumble because I can't be not used to two things is one, I'm going to uncharted territory in my life. And then two, I'm going with a lens, a frame of something of yours that I have never seen before. So you want me to take something that I'm not used to, to go into something that I've never seen before. It don't seem like that's a win. I need something to be familiar. I need something to be close to what I've known before. I need something to be close to my heart to make me feel comfortable walking into uncharted territory. I need something that is familiar to me. So I love the fact that David was like, bro, I got to take off what's not normal to me, get what feels comfortable to me so I can go out with God and do it in authenticity. There is a power in that. There is power in that. I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. It's the most powerful statement David probably ever said, in my opinion. I can't go in these, meaning I'm not about to be quiet about this, sir. I'm not to be, I don't want to hurt Saul's feelings. But Saul is, you know, he's up there in hierarchy. You know, he has this, that, and the third. I don't care if Saul had um, trillions, okay, of dollars, of armies, of whatever. You are getting ready to do something that essentially Saul is too scared to do. I know that he has led armies before, but he's not leading them now. I know that he may have defeated certain people before, but he can't defeat Goliath now. So with all due respect, Saul, what you're getting ready to give me is a past tense situation. You've won with this armor before, but for whatever the reason, this armor has paralyzed you now. So I can't take the armor that you're trying to give me for this win. It has to stay here because if you are giving me the very thing that slowed you down, the very thing that paralyzed you from going ahead and defeating Goliath, I can't go in these because I'm not used to them. And also I can't go in these because you not even winning with it now how bold how courageous to be able to tell the person in our lives 
regardless of their hierarchy, their title, their position in our lives, E or the above, and let them know, I can't. Do it your way because I'm not used to that. You want me to go out here and tell off such and such and let her know that A, B, and C? I can't do it that way. I will speak my mind, but it's going to come from my heart. You want me to go out there and put such and such in a place because how dare they and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I understand what you're saying, but I'm also going to do my way because the Bible says that I got to answer for the things that I said. And the last thing I'm about to do is go before God and say that I did something, said something, or, or traveled any way in any portion of my life. This way, because somebody else uh, told me to do it that way. Somebody else fashioned your failure and you're going to stand before God and say, oh, they told me. No, that, that sounds a lot like the garden. God was like, uh, Adam, what you do? The woman you gave me, sir. <laughs> Did God excuse that then? No, so he's not going to excuse it for you. So bare minimum, if you feel like I can't, you know, it's against my culture to go against what they say. You better go against the grain if you want what God has for you. You know, it's against um company policy to go against the grain. You better do what God told you to do so that you can earn what God to- wants you to earn. I can't, you know, my grandparents, they raised such and such kids. and You better go against the grain, go against the grandparents, go against the anything that feels like I want you to do it my way because there's a certain thing that I'm trying to get you to ascertain. You better go against that because that looks like there's no room for God to do something dope. If they giving you the coordinates, the, the mindset, the perspective, the tangible item, the, all of that, where's God in that? No, buddy was like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm, I'm getting ready to go with God. And he made it clear the the most gangster part of it all, to be honest with you, is that he said uh, in verse 47, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. But he said, I'm not about to pretend like I don't have it. I get it. I'm not about to pretend like, yo, I'm about to walk in this company. I understand I don't have that accolade yet. I understand that I'm missing that piece of the education portion yet. I understand I, I haven't been at the company 20 years like such and such. I understand that I'm walking out here with a lack, but what you don't understand that the lack doesn't override God's promise. Bruh, I understand that you nine feet. <laughs> I get it. I understand that the CEO usually doesn't blah, that the HR manager usually doesn't whatever, that the person of hierarchy, you know, hierarchy usually doesn't do whatever. But what y'all don't understand is that I am not delirious in something. I'm just not putting my faith in that. And everyone assembled here would know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. I challenge you to approach every part of your life that way. That you understand that, yo, everybody's looking. I get it. You always got a crowd, whether they following you on on social media or not. They looking. You always got somebody that's trying to keep up with what you got going on. and Whether they cheering for you or they not. But there's always going to be a everybody. So you might as well go ahead and adopt the David mindset of everybody assembled here. Everybody that's paying attention to my life. Everybody who is tuned in and zoomed in. They're going to see that, yes, I identify that there's an issue. That there's a lack. 
But what y'all going to see, if you tuned in, stay, stay in. You understand? Because what you're getting ready to see is that God is going to do something dope without the thing that you think I need to win. Stay tuned. No commercial breaks. You understand? That's my challenge for you. I want you to literally write out on a sticky note, 1 Samuel 17, 47. 1 Samuel 17, 47. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. Let that mean for your particular situation, what it's supposed to mean. And everyone here will see that God elevates his people, but not with accolades, not with education, not with networking connections. This is the Lord's battle and he will give that to me. You need to put in your situation and remember that if God did it before, he would do it again. His promises do not come back void. He loves to take the underdog and do something extraordinary. Make sure that your character is aligned with what God wants to do. And I promise you that everyone here, everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not the way that they think, not the way that they want it to go. Not even the way that they want. They're going to look at you and be like, yo, I would have never. And don't take any fault to that. Because they don't have the experience, they don't have the faith, and they don't have the audience or the results to see in other people's life that it actually can work another way. The Bible says that unto your faith, it will be done to you. So if you believe the only way that you can win is if you have an education of this particular magnitude or tier, then great. Unto your faith, it will. then yeah, you're not going to receive nothing. Until you go ahead and get those accolades. If you believe that you will not financially win until you get into this particular tax bracket, then unto your faith, you're absolutely correct. It will be given to you. Then you will not win till you get that tax bracket. If you believe that until you get that title, whether personal life or professional life, until you get that, then you will not be happy. Then you are absolutely correct. Unto your faith, it will be given to you. I want you to check your faith mechanism and see that you actually box yourself in and think that the only way I can win is the way that other people have won. I love the fact that David was like, yo, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen with sword and spear. Unto his faith, it was given to him. Look, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? You should. What are these conversations? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations not that not the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Yo, I truly believe that if you really go ahead and hone in this conversation, your life will literally never look the same. Are you bold enough? Are you brave enough? Are you enough to go against the grain? <laughs> I am. Okay, then you should be too. All right, listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We're going to talk later, okay? All right, later.